Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the For the Love of Sports podcast. My name is Ian Vicera, and I'm your host. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by Anna DeVito, who is a former Skyhawk, a former track and field athlete over there, and current high school athletic director. Anna, thanks for coming on, and how are you? Thanks, Ian. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing swell. I'm doing swell. So for those who don't know Anna, she has a lot more in her resume than just track and field athlete and current high school athletic director, which even those two things right there, you know, Stonehill being a division two college and again, high school athletic director and is in her 20s. So very accomplished so far in her young career in sports. So before she got her position, which is an athletic director at Fontbonne Academy, Anna just recently actually completed her master's degree over at Northeastern. She has spent some previous time over at Harvard working there as a grad assistant too. So plenty of background in the sports field. And I'm very excited to get into it today because I think Anna has a very unique perspective of someone who was a former collegiate athlete, knows what it takes to be at that level, now working with high school students, whether they're trying to get to that next level or not, you know, just being around them, being around them at their practices, their games, things like that, being a figure there in athletics um, at her school. And then also, you know, two big schools right there in Northeastern and Harvard, a little bit bigger than Stonehill, uh, you could say. <laughs> so very interesting to see sort of things on the division one athletics perspective. So Anna, do you think I talked you up enough? And uh, are you excited to get into <laughs> too it? Too much. Talking up too much. Yeah, I'm excited though. <laughs> well, see, the thing is I have to talk you up because people aren't here to see me. They're always here to see the guests. So I have to sell you because I can't sell me. So that's what true, we went with true. there. So Anna, could you tell me a little bit um, about the school that you're at now, Fontbonne Academy in Milton, Massachusetts? Sure. So Fontbonne is an all-girls Catholic school. It's about 250, 275. It is right next to Labore College in Milton. So like lower East Mills in Milton. It's essentially, I keep kind of calling it a rebuilding year for the school. I'm new. The director of communications is new, director of admissions, director of advancement. The head of school is about five years in, so she's relatively new. So it's it's definitely rebuilding and then coming off of COVID too. I think the girls are a little bit, uh, I mean, not a little bit, they're developmentally behind just because they didn't have that social interaction for like a year and a half and online learning, like you and I can't <laughs> kind of testify with it because we didn't have to do it. I can't imagine having to do that and then not playing sports for a year. So like physically uh, their bodies are behind. So it's definitely challenging coming into that. The AD that was there before me was there for, 47 years, I think. So that's another big thing too, of coming into a role when um, things have been super established for a long time. So overall, it's definitely rebuilding. There's a lot new, a lot of new programming that I'm trying to implement for them. I think having that collegiate background can hopefully kind of help establish that. The school itself is called the Early College of Boston. So they are partners actually with Stonehill uh, and Regis College, and they have professors from both schools come on campus uh, in a non-COVID world and, or they'll teach online. And if you take a certain class through the school, if you go to Stonehill or you go to Regis, it counts towards your transcript. So you can take, I think it's like maybe the Stonehill one, I think is something with like religion because um, mm -hmm. we're a Catholic school. And then when you get to Stonehill, you don't have to take that. So I think having that part of the school and then coming from higher ed and collegiate athletics, for me, it works out really well. And I think the school is really big on trying to take the girls and mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepare them for college. So I think, as you know, like athletics has a big part of how you develop too. So I'm trying to take them 
in that sense as well and um, get them prepared for college through the athletic side. Mm -hmm. And you touched upon a lot of points there, kind of want to go off of. And one of the things you said was talking about how, you know, just all across the board, any high school athlete right now, you're kind of behind the eight ball, just in the sense of the fact that you haven't played your sport in a couple of years. And now you're starting to finally get back into it, but just not at the same level and not at the same capacity that you had been before. Mm -hmm. I remember doing some interviews, you know, this past spring, whether it was for um, talking about high school baseball athletes, high school lacrosse, whatever those things were. And at that point, it's, these are people who are, you know, finally getting to have, you know, their senior years senior season in the spring. And it's like, they didn't have their junior season. So all of a sudden they go from being sophomores to seniors. So you go from one, maybe just being straight on JV to now you're the key player on varsity as a senior. So just that physical standpoint for the game, whether it's the game speeding up, just playing at that next level, but also too, just the mental aspect, the mental component of things, figuring out, you know, from there, you haven't played in, in the sport for a little bit. You haven't been in those situations. So even just the reps and the experience that you gain just by simply being out there, some of these athletes haven't had for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see too. Like my, we had like an issue with uh, like a girl on the team and I let my captains kind of handle it and they horribly handled it. And I'm just like, what? Like, what are you guys doing? You're captains. But for me, not having been at the high school level yet and then, realizing like oh yeah they're developmentally like not where they need to be they're seniors and they're captains but like they're developmentally back in sophomore year so that was kind of I saw that this week and I was just kind of like huh so it's kind of and even I think working with adolescents is challenging in its own ways from you know very different variables but now with COVID too it makes it even more challenging it's almost like you have to kind of always have that in the back of your mind when you're communicating with them or you know whatever you're doing with them, that's kind of how I have to look at it now. But physically too, like you have just players that they're, they've grown, but they, it's almost like they're, they're not comfortable with their bodies yet because mm-hmm. they weren't playing. But it's, it's interesting. Like we had soccer yesterday and just watching them play just skill wise, skill wise, where you think they'd be at. Um, they're just like two years behind. So it's, it's rebuilding for sure. But it's, you know, I think everywhere seeing that even at the collegiate level, I would say it's kind of the similar, maybe not to the same extreme, but. Mm-hmm. And so Anna, what does your job consist of on a day-to-day basis? I know you just recently started the role. Um, it's your first year at the school, but on that day-to-day basis, what are you doing week to week? Sort of what are your responsibilities entail? How much are you dealing with the student athletes versus doing administration stuff? Just sort of how does that all come together? It's a good question. So I think uh, day-to-day, this is like the worst answer ever, but it depends there are some days when I have like meetings all day with administrators, with its other student athletes, with its MIA, other ADs, and I just cannot get any actual admin stuff done. So I think it just, it kind of ebbs and flows. It depends on the week game-wise. I'd say the majority of it is like obviously overseeing all athletics. So I kind of just look at it like my job function. If you're just looking at it from a basic, it's just making sure the girls can play their sports. So scheduling games, confirming transportation, making sure officials are there, paying the officials, paying your coaches, hiring, firing, promoting, whatever it is. I work with my student athletes a lot. So my captains are required to meet with me once a week just to check in and see how things are going. And then all captains, something that I'm implementing this year is we do a leadership seminar once a month and it's very much student-based. So whatever they want to talk about, and then I kind of administrate it and get it up for them and get it running. So last uh, September we met we did on personal professionalism. We're meeting uh, next week and we're going over resumes. 
and I'm going to have someone actually from Stonehill trying to get them to come and just talk on Zoom for like 20 minutes with them about why your resume matters and how to build it. So stuff like that, I really try to make sure when I'm working with my student athletes that I'm giving them like life skills and um, personal development. I always kind of tell them like, I don't really care if you win or lose. I mean, I like do, but I just want you to be developed as a person better. So I'd say my job really consists of a lot of like behavioral and developmental programming and implementations. And in terms of some of that, you know, developing and implementing, you know, those sort of things with your student athletes, how, how is it being back at the high school level? Obviously, you know, graduating college recently, undergrad and postgrad. So, you know, definitely being more in that collegiate setting, probably, you know, things are more independent versus now it's, you know, a lot more tell and instruct, but what's that like for you? Has there been an adjustment going back to the high school level? Do you have to sort of put yourself, you know, back in their shoes and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, no, I was probably like this at 16, 17, 18 years old. Just how do you go about, you know, that transition going from college athlete, college athletes, college athletics to now high school athletes again? It's definitely a transition. I mean, I've, I coached last spring track and field at a different private high school that was an adjustment but now it's like way more hands-on so I feel like every day I constantly have to remind myself like they're 16 they're 15 they're you know they're young I do try to go back to how I was but I think it's almost like a double-edged sword if you go that route because like how I operate or how I did operate when I was 16 like isn't the same as someone because we're different Mm -hmm. people So I just think for that, I just try to just build genuine relationships with my student athletes and just try to get to know them all. I just think that's like the key to, I think any role that you're in is just like having genuine, uh, like authentic relationships. And then you can like kind of understand how they, how they work and how they think. And I think having a, a good relationship with their like school counselor, with other administrative people that have been there longer than me, that can kind of, if. I don't understand something of how they're acting, or maybe I would go about it this way, like running it by them and being, they can like tweak it or be like, no, this would work better um, from like not having been there yet. But it's definitely been an adjustment, but I mean, I learn something new about them every day. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. And so being someone who's younger in athletics, how do you sort of strike that balance of like, all right, you're young enough to where you can relate to them, but also at the end of the day, you're, you know, a staff employee at the school. Um, you're definitely someone who is in charge. You have your responsibilities, your job duties, but also at the same point, you know, you could almost be like an older cousin, an older sibling to some Mm -hmm. of these people. Just how do you sort of manage that balance? Is there something to sort of strike between with that? Or just how do you go about being honestly pretty close to some of the students, you know, in age? Yeah, that's definitely been like kind of a relative theme. I feel like with transitioning from like other admin and even the students, I think I got asked like my first day of like, are you even old enough to be here? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I think it's just about like, it's easier to start with control versus if you are like trying to be their friend or like just relate to them, like where it's almost like inappropriate. I feel like it's harder to regain that control. So, I mean, I'm pretty, I would say like black and white sometimes with how like I lead and view things. Um, which sounds like I'm a dictator, but I like try to like, just like be really like strict with my policies and, and like actually follow through with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to just show them like that, like I say what I mean and I mean what I say and not having that like almost casual, like, oh, we're similar in age or like, I kind of look like you or like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think it's just like actually following through with what you we are saying and 
like I have to hold myself to a higher standard, I feel like because of that age similarity or like closeness. Mm -hmm. And I know something like for me, that's something I struggle with because I've coached high school basketball myself the past couple of years. And so I started our first year out of um, undergrad. So I was, so like 22, 23, whatever, and then coaching 17, 18 year olds. So you have like a four or five year difference. And yeah. so I was actually coaching back at my old high school, which was a seven through um, 12, you know, school. And so there were kids there that there's a couple of kids who were in seventh grade when I was there in 12th grade. So that was definitely like a big adjustment, literally already knowing some of these kids because I went to school with them. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think for me too, it's interesting to sort of figure out how you're going to navigate that and go about it. I definitely agree with you in terms of you kind of have to, you know, set your foot down and then gain that respect. But also I think especially a lot of kids will respond, will respond to that. And like you said, if you say what you mean, mean what you say sort of thing, you're going to gain that respect. And then I think then from there, if they'll see, you know, what type of person you are and then some of those personal re relationships can form. Yeah. I think it's just, it's way easier to start off if you're like, you follow through with what you mean. And I think um, it's like a little, it can be a little awkward when they're the same age as you or similar. And I think they like that. You just want to establish that kind of respect from the get-go because it's just like, it's so much more challenging if you don't. And if you try to go in being their friend, it's just like, they're not going to necessarily respect you or it's just like, I don't think it's going to work out as well. So you said a couple of times, people asked if you were even old enough to be there. Has anyone mistaken you for a high school student? Uh, not yet. Not yet. But I did. Yeah, no, not yet. So <laughs> I say not yet because you never know. Some days if they're wearing like athleisure and if it's like a Friday, I am too. And I'm sure, I'm sure it will happen soon enough, but definitely I've gotten the like, how old are you a couple mm -hmm. times? So. <laughs> well, that sounds like a win to me so far if it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That just means you have to be there a little bit longer. Everyone can then recognize you and then, then you're in the clear <laughs> from there. Yeah. Some of them are taller than me though. So I'm like, Oh, maybe I can blend in with you guys. <laughs> oh, then there you go. Yeah. You just, you just sneak <laughs> below them and then you're all set. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, Anna, what's been the best part of the job so far? I think getting to watch like humans develop right before your eyes is like the coolest thing ever. But I mean, I'm biased, but I think getting to watch females, like young girls getting to develop is just, it's such a powerful thing. And it just makes your whole like week so much better when we did our leadership seminar a month ago, just how engaged they were and how, how much they wanted to be there and how much they got out of it. I got like two emails from two different captains after just saying like, thank you so much. This was so helpful. That's just like the best thing ever. Just feeling like you can help give us, even if it's just a small component or skill set to them to help them develop and grow. It's just like, it's awesome. So have you had a moment yet so far where obviously like we were saying, you're a little bit newer to the job. You haven't been there too, too long, but have you had that moment yet where someone like expected you to do something and you're like, oh shit, like I have to do that. Or have you been pretty well prepared? You think so far for the job? I think, knock on wood, but I think pretty well prepared. I mean, I think my experience is that, I, I mean, I, all of them have been great, but I honestly credit my first job out of college at Stonehill as the one that was um, the biggest learning curve because it was coming out of just graduating and then overseeing a whole programming and then being in charge of seven interns and grad assistants that were like literally my age, but 
that experience I feel, and then my other ones as well, but that I think it's just prepared me to like the craziness of working in athletics and sport at Stonehill with the sports camps. I think it's the most similar to what I'm doing now in the sense of like, you're working with kids. Um, it's like super chaotic all the time. You can plan and plan and plan. And then it just totally goes the opposite way. So luckily not. And I think I have a really good, not think, I mean, I know I have really good internal support from like my, the head of school, my coaches, my captains, and then even externally, like my friends and family, I I feel always really supported. So I think even if I do like mess up or forget something, I, I try not to take it so hard on myself, but I think I have that like network around me that if I do fail, it's not catastrophic. What's been the worst part of the job so far, whether that's, you know, something you actually just don't like doing, or it's something that, you know, is a little bit different than you'd expected, just sort of what don't you like about the job? I don't think there's anything I don't like. I would say the more like challenging parts of the job is just that like you can't be in two places at once. So it's hard when like you have a women's soccer game going on and volleyball is about to go off and maybe Mm -hmm. you should be at one or the other, or I think that can be a little challenging. I don't necessarily love like scheduling or more like budget stuff just because it's super like tedious, but I mean, I try to just look at it like it's a part of the job. I don't necessarily look at it like, I hate this part. It's just more like some are more fun than others. And so if you were to give yourself a little bit of an evaluation so far, what are some of the things you think you've done pretty well? And what are some of the things you think that maybe you haven't done super well at yet, or you want to improve and see, and you know, like, all right, I can, whether it's implement this program or do this or do that, and actually, you know, sort of improve, whether that's for your athletes Um, your students there or for you yourself in terms of just getting the best job done possible? I think it's been pretty, I think I've been pretty successful so far in trying to implement new programming. So I think I'm trying to use my experiences to the best that I can and implement them for my students to make them better or just like pass along what I was taught or what I was given. So like our captain's council is our leadership seminar. That's once a month for all captains. That's never been done at the school to that extent. So I think that's been going really well and the feedback from the students themselves. I mean, I try to make it very student-based. So I always tell them like, I'm never going to make you do something that I want to do or that isn't going to benefit you. I think that's gone really well. I'm doing like an NCAA night, November, myself and director of admissions who also came from higher ed. We're putting on like a, a night for parents and students, basically like what's the NCAA, what's division one, two, and three, like what's, when can you be recruited? When can't you like when, what's the deal with athletic scholarships? So I think providing more resources and programming for them to like kind of build and bridge that gap between college and high school, whether it's on the academic or athletic side, I think is definitely my strong suit. I don't, I feel like the more needs improvement areas is maybe like internal. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's necessarily external. Uh, Maybe it is, but I think, you know, it's hard if a student is upset or maybe, you know, they got something going on and it affects their game or a conflict between two students, like whatever it is, I think just kind of how I'm wired, I take it personal and I like very much internalized and will be like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Or like, what can I do to be better? And I think sometimes it's, it's hard in athletics. I'm sure like you kind of know from experience, it's hard sometimes to go home and just like not take it with you. 
I'm really not good at that, which is not the most healthy. So that's definitely something I need to work on is, you know, when it's the day is over, like shut the laptop down, like turn the emails off, just kind of like move mentally and physically away from it. I definitely need to improve on that. So. Mm-hmm. so you mentioned something um in that answer that I want to bring back up up on um now a little little bit ago. You're talking about having the NCAA night, and I think that's a really really great idea, just because whether it's the students, maybe some of them know, but I think probably a lot of the parents don't necessarily know exactly what's what in terms of just sort of the recruiting process, reaching out to schools and things like that. So I think that's a that's a great idea. But yeah. going off of that, like. How do you go about it in terms of just as, again, you haven't really, you know, probably been through a whole, obviously a recruiting season yet, but how do you go about that in terms of, all right, if my athlete wants to take their game to the next level, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and everything possible to put them in that position to whether that's expose themselves to coaches, um, get them, you know, the eyeballs that they need to say like, oh, this girl's pretty good. We want her in our program. Versus at the same point, it has to be the athlete who wants it. It can't be, you know, the coach pushing them or the parent pushing them. But how do you go about or how are you going to go about trying to get, you know, these girls all the opportunities that they can to then make the decisions for themselves if they want to, you know, pursue athletics at the next level? I think first and foremost, and like, I think anytime I say this to my students, they I get like such an eye roll, but I think like you're a student athlete first it's plain and simple. If you don't have the grades, you cannot participate. So I think just trying to like stress that importance to them that it does matter. Uh, It's like the society we live in that like academics are important. Um, And, you know, if you don't have the grades then you're not going to get in and you won't be able to play. And even if you do get in, you are playing. If you, you know, if your GPA drops below the limit of the school and then CAA standard, like you can't play. So I think, that's kind of the where I start from and then kind of build from there. I think I've been pretty fortunate to have worked at some pretty uh, big name places and know, I'd say, a pretty good amount of people now. So I think uh, I haven't done it yet just because the school years just started. But when it comes time to whether it's the volleyball kid or um, ice hockey, whatever it is, if they're like, hey, I want to play at this school or like I think I want to play Division three. I know like I'll try to use my resources that I have to connect them. But I think that, I mean, going back to the whole NCAA night, that whole night is structured around, you know, like what can you do to prepare yourself for it? It's giving them the information of like what the divisions are, the recruitment timeline or that type of thing. But, you know, like what can you do? So it's different per sport. Track is really easy in the sense you can just like type your numbers and send them off to coaches. Um, other sports like soccer, like you need film. So I think just making sure there's like film available at every game for them if, if they want that. Um, if they want, I mean, I have a pretty open dialogue with the student athletes, but if they want specific shots of them, like to come tell me so I can give them those resources or make sure that's handled for them. But I think the first and foremost is the student athlete and then the more tedious things like we'll go from there once it kind of comes forward. All right. So we have to take a time out for a minute because okay. prior to coming on, Anna was saying that she's a bad interviewer. She wasn't sure how she was going to do with this. <laughs> Obviously she's crushing it. So my next question was going to be, how did you end up at Fontbonne? How'd you get that job? But clearly based off this interview, it's going pretty well. So I can kind of imagine how that interview well went. And now I imagine it went well. Imagine you crushed it, obviously. But could you just tell me a little bit about how that process happened for you? How you ended up in a position to apply, to get an interview? Yeah. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit, but it, I'll get there. So um, 
I was at Harvard and then the pandemic happened and then athletics wasn't really a thing. Um, and I was still in grad school at the time. I never um, stopped working while I was in grad school. That was just like, I did not want to not be working and like building my experience. So I felt like I was at this weird crossroads of like, okay, I can like not work until the pandemic is over, which it still isn't. And just, you know, finish my degree earlier, or I can kind of move along to a different path. And I mean, even when that scenario was playing out, I knew what I was going to do. So I chose to go a different path and kind of was like, okay, let me try to get into higher ed from a different side of it maybe not athletics. So let's step away from it. I'm someone that's a big believer in like, if you understand multiple parts of how like the wheel works, you can just function so much better and it all ties into it. So you know, athletics does really well, that definitely in fact, like impacts your enrollment and your alumni and your donation, like it all ties mm -hmm. together. So that was kind of my, my mindset with it when I realized like, okay, athletics isn't going to be a thing. So I took a job at New England Law um, in downtown Boston in the office of alumni relations and development. I want to be a college AD. So I knew going into like advancement would be a really good idea in the sense of like, that's a lot of what I do is budgeting and development and fundraising. So it was like, okay, this is never going to hurt me. So I did that for a year, like almost exactly a year. And I think maybe like eight months into it, I kind of had this like panic of like, what am I doing? Like I didn't get this degree in sports to not be using it and had this like moment of like sheer panic of like, oh my God, I need to get back into that environment. But it was a good learning experience too, to realize like, nope, like this is definitely where I'm meant to be. I think sometimes it's good to step away, even for a little bit, whether you want to, or a pandemic happens to kind of figure out what, like, what's your why, um, make sure like, no, this is actually for me. So started applying to more jobs, mostly just collegiate and didn't even think of high school. Did like three interviews at, I'm not going to say where, but at a certain college that I really wanted to work at. And it came down to me and one other person out of 352 and I didn't get it. And they were super gracious. Um, just awesome. 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 I mean, I eventually I would love to work for them. I thought how they handled it was so like classy, but I didn't get it. And I was so devastated, but now looking back, I was like, oh yeah, that's why that happened. Like it just lit this fire in me of like, nope, like not going to take that for an answer. So just try to be more open-minded of like, okay, like maybe right now collegiate is at the time and just literally Googled like open athletic positions in Massachusetts. And I don't know how I found Fontbonne, but it came up. I grew up in the South Shore, but I had never even heard of it. And I applied and well, I was hesitant to apply and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm not qualified. And then I just like kept coming back to it and I like could not get it out of my head and I was like, all right, Anna, like, if you're going to be annoying about it, just like apply. So I did, I did an interview and then went away on like a 10 day road trip. Hadn't heard anything. I was like, okay, definitely didn't get it. Then they emailed me back after I got back. I was like, we want to have you come in for another interview. I think I interviewed both were in person. Second time was with like six people in a room, just like <laughs> six of them and me. I was full on shaking, like sweat, just super nervous. Uh, I was like two and a half hours long. It was a lot. And then <laughs> like waiting to hear that result, it was super, 
think I waited like almost two weeks and I was like, what the heck is going on? I feel like I got it. And then um, after like phone tag back and forth, they like offered me the position and I was like, it was just awesome. It was absolutely a no brainer. So. What was it like for you once you got that phone call back or that email, once you you know finally got it after, like you said, a long journey, a long trip to actually get there, to land that, you know, full-time role in athletics. Just what did that mean to you? It felt like super cliche, but it just felt like a period at the end of the sentence. Like it was just like meant to be there. It was almost exactly when I got the job, almost exactly two years of starting my master's. So I got the job and then finished my master's like a month after. So it just felt like everything was worth it. Like the waiting was worth it. Um, Going back to school right away was worth it. Like the long nights of like working at Harvard and then going Northeastern, sitting in class for three hours and then driving home to Pembroke 45 minutes late. Like, you know what I mean? It was just so worth it. And it was just such this like humble moment of, I think just, you know, if you know what you want to do and you just like put your head down and you just go and you don't really like take no for an answer, like it'll work out. And I mean, I never, ever, ever thought I would be an AD at 24. So I think not necessarily college, but I just think to be an AD at 24, I feel like super blessed and it's very uh, humbling. All right. And so before we move on and talk about the school that we haven't talked a lot about yet, which is Stonehill, which is where we both know each other from quick little (laughs) pause. So once again, this is the For the Love of Sports podcast. My name is Ian Vissara, available on Spotify. It's available on Apple Podcasts. It should be on YouTube as well. Hopefully I'll be able to get that up there. My last couple episodes were couple months ago now, but just for anyone who's tuning in for the first time, that was with Jeff Esper, <laughs> who is the number two ranked major league eater in the world. He was in the hot dog eating contest his 4th of July, came in second to Joey Chestnut because obviously Joey Chestnut's the best and Jeff will be the first one to tell you that, but he's still down 50 hot dogs. Um, So it was very impressive. Very cool to hear him talk about. Oh God. Um, very, very cool to hear him talk about <laughs> eating competitively. And the episode before that was with Kayla Baptista of the North Carolina softball team. She's a sophomore there now completed an internship this summer, uh, coaching with the Wareham Gateman down in the Cape Cod League. Uh, talked to her prior to her arrival down there on the Cape. But Kayla was super fun to talk about, and now she's gearing back up for her second season with the Tar Heels. So those are just a couple of the last few episodes uh, that I've had. All right, Anna, so moving on, we both went to Stonehill. How'd you end up there, and why'd you decide to become a Skyhawk? Um, I actually didn't want to go to Stonehill. <laughs> um, Same, I knew but I that's wanted. okay. <laughs> I feel like that always kind of happens. So I was always a soccer kid growing up, thought I wanted to play in college and then just did track, um, to stay in shape. And then was like, oh, like I'm like better at this than soccer. Um, and then junior year got more like serious about like, okay, I want to run in college. Um, my high school coach, he's phenomenal he actually like literally two weeks ago just got inducted into the Massachusetts track and field hall of fame he's amazing and he was super helpful with finding schools like that like personality I would fit with um academically athletically I was someone that kind of always wanted to have like a good balance so I was like looking at like Quinnipiac URI like a couple couple division one schools but I never wanted to be this crazy you know like obviously like not playing on Clemson football, but like that, you know what I mean? That like super intense. I wanted to have that balance and be close to home. And he put Stonehill on my list to look at. And I was like, Stonehill, like I'm not going to Stonehill. And he's like, I think you should look. So 
I went August before senior year. I went with my mom and toured it and then met with Coach Bowen. And after got in the car and I will never forget this, parked up at Donahue at the like back parking lot and we got in the car. My mom was like, what'd you think? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to school here. Like I just, one of those things when you just like know and you can't really explain it. Yeah, it just fit a lot of the boxes of like what I was looking for athletically, personally. How did you just go about deciding whether to, you know, pursue more of a division one school or what you actually did, which was end up at a D2 school? I think my answer now is different than it was when I was 17, 18 years old looking at schools. I think luckily my mom and dad were super like involved with helping me make that decision, which I think now my decision would have been so different versus then. Cause I think you don't really like know yourself at that age. Um, but you I don't think know until I you just, know. Yeah. You don't know till you know, and like you think, you know, and then you look back and you're like, what the hell <laughs> What was I thinking? But I think I just never wanted, I mean, I was recruited to some division three schools, like a, I don't want to like say the names in case, whatever, but mm. like, and then like one division one where I know I would have been the number one runner, um, the, you know what I mean? And I just was kind of like, I don't want to not be challenged. I think it would have just changed the whole experience. And I think if that's what you're looking for, that's great. But it just, I didn't want to be this like big fish in a small pond. I think I was pretty like fortunate to have people like my high school coach, my parents that were able to help find the schools that were, was that balance of like, I'd kind of fall somewhere in the middle. And then like what you do with that experience is kind of up to you. I think I also wasn't super like hyper-focused on like, oh, it needs to be division two or division one. Like I can't go division three. I think I was a little more close-minded to, to division three just because like I thought maybe my athletic ability was a little bit more able or more equipped to handle division one or division two. But I think I tried to look at it more like what's the best fit for Anna, not necessarily for like running. Running's a part of Anna, but it's not the only part, you know what I mean? And I think my parents were really good with that, of making sure like, can she handle this academically? Um, is this a good location for, you know what I mean? They had mm -hmm. like really good involvement with it. They were never like, oh, you have to go here. Or, like you have to go to this school. But I think we, myself, my mom and dad, like we tried to just look at it from the perspective of like a whole. Yeah. And I think that's like the best advice I would give anyone if like when you're, if you want to be recruited is like, don't necessarily get caught up on the name or like, oh, it's division one. Like it must be better than division two. Like we've beat division one teams at Stonehill and meets. I got, you know what I mean? Like we compete with division one girls all the time. That's not like, that's not always a codependent on talent level. And I think people sometimes wish to do the NCAA night is like, they get kind of caught up on that. So I think it's just more like, I try to look at it from like, what would fit me best as a person. Mm -hmm. For you, what was the hardest part about being a student athlete in college? I think just like your time, like it's just not, you just don't have a lot of it. And I think you're, it's hard. I felt like academically in the sense of like, I, they were like I could not take night classes because we'd have practice late and our coach was pretty like strict with practices. So I think it can limit, I mean, this is me, just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to like be like putting it into any. Well, that's why I'm asking for your opinion. 
No, I know, but I meant more like I think it would be harder to do like like you rarely kind of see like nursing with student athletes, like majors mm -hmm. that maybe are a little more like rigorous time wise and academically, like that can be a little constricting if you're a student athlete. I think just, yeah, it's the cliche answer, but I think just like your time, I always thought about like, if I was not a student athlete, how different my experience would have been. I think it makes though I would argue though, that being a student athlete definitely made me more disciplined and more academically equipped though, because like you're, you have to have like a certain GPA or you only have like X amount of time to get your schoolwork done. Or like, you know, you have a six hour drive down to Lehigh on a Saturday. Like you have to have your schoolwork done or bring it on the bus with you. You know what I mean? So I think it just makes your time management skills, I think more polished. Mm -hmm. And is and I'm sure that's probably your answer then, but for someone who like, isn't a student athlete for people who don't participate in athletics at the next level, what's something you think that they don't understand about it because you can't know it until like you're actually a student athlete until you're actually in it. Would you say it's that time management factor or is there anything else where you think, you know what, like it's something that I just kind of understand and I get because I was a student athlete, but someone who isn't, or maybe isn't yet, um, that they don't understand. I think it, um, that's a good question. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I always look back on that was maybe the most different than like my friends that weren't athletes and versus that were is like almost the social aspect I would say is the most different. Like I just think of like, you know, like you couldn't go out on Thursday nights because like you have the meet the next day or you have a meet on Saturday and you have like the 48 hour rule. Um, and I think too, like, you know, I still know like the track team is like literally <laughs> so close. People say it's a cult, like it's so, so I think like the social part is so different. Like I lived with my whole team, like my teammates and I lived together. My roommate was my teammate. Like you go to class together, you like go to practice, you go to dinner together. I think just socially, it's very different. I think when you're a student athlete, I think that's kind of everywhere though. Like the athletes kind of tend to be with one another because those other aspects, like the time management, um, getting up and having to run 12 miles on a Sunday morning. Like not everyone understands that, but the other athletes do. Mm -hmm. So this makes it a lot easier to ask my next question. Cause it's something I wanted to ask at some okay. point, but since you already brought up the Stonehill track cult, I got to ask you about <laughs> it. So for those people who didn't go to Stonehill, Stonehill or didn't know <laughs> the main dining commons at school, you have two sides. You have the quiet this side and so the loudest embarrassing. side. Well, then this is uh, something you have to take up with the team. So the track team had this table that they would always sit at. Like by and large, you would have like, say the football players on, you know, the louder side, cause it's their football players. And that's just kind of the first spot they went into. You would see a lot of the teams in like the same spots, but no one had a set spot like the Stonehill track team, which yep. because there's literally like 20% of the school, like on the track team, on the cross country team, it would be on the right side in the dining commons and it would just be this back table and it's just lined up the whole way down up against these windows and everyone knows just that's where the track team sat so what was oh it like God. sitting at that table because it seemed like such an exclusive such a such a great group to be a part of and also it must have been nice then knowing you always had someone to go and sit with yeah honestly I was just gonna say when you're like well now I'm like god this is so embarrassing like why did we do that but now I'm like no it was awesome like you always had a place to sit I think um, I also think it made downhill track and field like why it was so successful is that like we literally did everything together and like mm -hmm. 
whenever I tell my experience about Stonetown Trackingville to other people now or get asked about it, they're always like, what? Like, they think it's so wild that we live together, we eat together, we're in classes together. Like, I mean, my roommate now is my former Stonehill teammate. Like, it's, I think, yeah, it's weird that we have to made a table and I'm like, oh, this is embarrassing. But I also think that's why the program was so successful is because that bond and that like, for lack of a better word, like intimacy is so apparent all the time that it's like literally down to like where you're eating. Um, but from more like a social anxiety, like, yeah, it was nice to always know you could have someone to sit with and not mm -hmm. be by yourself. Did you ever think about quitting while you're at, um, at Stonehill? Yes. Um, yeah. was there I one feel time like that's important? Oh, yeah. Was ahead. there one time that stood out more than others or was it numerous times and just kind of like one that was the most, or was that ever not that serious? Well, I feel like I answered that so quick and I was like, why did you answer that quick? But I feel like it's like important to be transparent and like authentic of like, I think everyone has once thought of whether you play on Clemson football or you run track at Stonehill. Like I really think everyone at some point is like, what am I doing? I can't really, I mean, I can't necessarily, I mean, I had knee surgery my senior year. So in a sense, I felt like I wasn't like on the team, not from anything anyone did. Like I was went to every meet was super involved, but I think that for me was like, okay, I'm done kind of thing. Like obviously physically. Um, but I think emotionally and mentally too, like I was just like, we're done now with that. Yeah. There wasn't well, really any like one specific time. I think you have your own frustration, whether it's like you got family stuff going on, your academics are not where you want them to be, or maybe you want to add like a major and you can't because you're playing your sport, whether you're like butting heads with your co like playing time. Like, I don't know. I think there's multiple reasons for that. And I, I don't think having that feeling though is bad. I feel like there's such a negative connotation of like, oh, you, you can't like you're committed. You can't, you know what I mean? But it's like, that's like normal. It's, it's a lot. So yeah. And I think any of my friends on the team, like they probably would say the same answer. Um, I think everyone at some point has been like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Cause it's a lot. And I think that's probably something that would help you out too, like in your role now. Cause I think you probably see athletes quitting more so like in high school, whether that's disagreements with the coaches or they don't like some of their teammates or things like that. And again, having that experience to be able to relate to them again, if you need it to be like, yeah, even at the next level, I still thought about this. And it was obviously something that I was super, you know, into super passionate about all throughout high school and into college. And you still had those doubts. So I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. I feel like it's important to like, just be transparent with it. Like you can like running was, I mean, it still is like a huge way of like how I self-identify. It's a stress reliever. It's like a part of my lifestyle, but I think it's normal to have moments and times when you kind of like resent or don't necessarily like the thing that you're doing. Um, I think that's super normal. That's also like kind of a thing with athletes, student athletes collegiately when they're done with their sport, like you just like step away from it for a while because you have this weird like I think resentment is the right word where you're just like, I need a little break from it. So I think that's like completely normal at times to kind of like not be a hundred percent sure about what you're doing. That's like just being a human, I think. Mm -hmm. So just a couple more topics for you and we'll touch upon them briefly. But so you mentioned, and we talked about how you're at Harvard, big name brand, big cachet that comes along with that. Um, but for you, what would you say was the most important thing you learned from your time being at Harvard? 
I think Harvard came into my life at a really pivotal moment. I just started grad school, had just, you know, gotten out of college, was still living at home, just ended a relationship. Like I it was very transformative, like emotionally, mentally, a lot of different ways. And I think this has not, well, it doesn't have to do with athletics, but I think the biggest thing I got from Harvard was just like, if you buy into yourself and what you want to do, like you can't fail. And I think that sounds so cliche. And I think it's one of those things like everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I know just to like believe in myself. But I think I was super nervous to start at Harvard. Um, I was super nervous to start grad school and doing them both. I was like, felt like way in over my head. Um, I was extremely fortunate to have like these world-class people around me. I mean, Harvard's, Harvard is that for itself. Like Harvard's Harvard because of the people there. They're all phenomenal. But the biggest thing was just like, if you buy into yourself and you believe in what you're doing and you have your why in the back of your pocket, like you're, you're not going to fail. And, and if you're willing to work hard, but that was like the biggest transformative lesson I could have learned from there. And I think probably your best moment being at Harvard was when I came in for that conference and I saw yes. you at the front desk. I was like, what are you doing here? That was awesome. Yep. I went for a nice video athletics conference there at Harvard when I was still working over with Bryant. So it was, it was yep. interesting to go, to go there and see all the facilities and stuff and everything. I know. Um, They're awesome. That that's there. It's, it's quite, it's quite the operation. Emery, Emery does a good job over there kind of running the ship. Oh and also God. it's He's wild. Phenomenal. Like, cause even at Bryant, like it's a smaller division one, but even just at the level that Harvard is like, I don't, there's probably schools that come close, but like just in terms of how many sports they have and like how many things that they have like going on that they broadcast that they do, like, I don't know, what is it like the racquetball, like courtroom thing, or is it like fencing shit? Like they have like whatever sort of random sports squash. That's, that's yeah, the they one. Have, is it that? Yeah. They have, I mean, their squash is their national champions. They've been there for like, they were there the year before I got there. And then I think they won when I was there or it got shut down because of COVID. But I mean, they're the, they literally are the largest athletic department in the country. They have mm -hmm. 42 varsity teams. Um, the admin side, I think, is like something in the 200s, close to 300s. Like, it's huge. And just like the, I mean, you, you saw it, how the facilities, it's world-class. I mean, Harvard put on, when I was there, they hosted the first ever, like, broadcasted through ESPN um, skiing, NCAA skiing, like, they just do everything so over the top and that's why they're Harvard though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like super cliche, but like, that's why they're Harvard. And the fact that not everything's like on campus, whether that's going to like broadcast, like crew and rowing and stuff or like whatever yeah. else, like there's a lot of variables, a lot of moving parts. So like the broadcast yeah. side of me was just like blown away. Like as much as you could be by the facilities, just the logistics that go into actually using those facilities successfully was like pretty mm -hmm. crazy for me. Yeah. And Emery, I mean, you got to hear him talk that day. Like he's just like the best of the best. Like he is a legend. Um, he's so, so, so good at what he does and he's brilliant. I feel like if you work with Emery for any amount of time, whether you're an intern or assistant director, like you just learn so much. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. For those listening, who don't know, he runs the broadcast show over there for all of the Harvard athletics does a great job. So Anna, moving on now talking about Northeastern, and I know you're involved in there in a couple different things. So what do you think has been, you know, the biggest takeaway from you from there so far, whether that's been grad school or also, I know um, you have a little class that you're a part of now that you wanted to touch, touch upon too. That's another good question. I don't, uh, it's different. I'm full different of good answers. questions. 
You are. I'm like, wow, I'm being really challenged here. <laughs> um, it's different. I have different answers for different ones. So I think the me being a student there, um, it was the program that I was in was just uh, amazing. It no doubt, I think, is the reason why I have my job now. 1000% changed the way I think about things, think about problems. I don't view them as problems. I view them as opportunities now. Um, it taught me real, like really how to uh, network better, network yourself, like just to build connections. The people I've met through that program are world-class individuals that work at, they work at Northeastern, they work at Fenway Sports Management. Um, they work down at John Hopkins. Like, you know what I mean? That just builds your network to this like unparalleled platform that like I would not have had without it. From the other side of it now being more on like the admin side there, I think it's just like they recruit like the best kids. Like they just, Northeastern has something about them that they just get these phenomenal students and people that really want to learn. And it was really, really special from being a student there and now on the admin side teaching there of like just being able to, they just, I don't know, I can't explain, I'm not explaining it well of like just everyone that's there like wants to be there and they want to learn and they want to be able to take these concepts of, concepts of athletics, of athletic admin, um, student athlete development, and like actually take it and apply it to what they're doing. It's just awesome. All right. Well, Anne, I want to thank you very much um, for coming on. I definitely learned a lot about you and about your career path so far. I thought it was interesting, again, to hear all the different parts that you've been at so far, obviously very different roles with everything, but also very similar because it's still, you know, within that, you know, field of being in high school athletics, college athletics. And I think it all really intertwines. And like you said, no experience is bad experience. And it's cool to see so far how you've been able to put all of that together and, you know, land you where you are today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you again, Anna.